Welcome everybody to the Bakery Bears radio show. My name's Mr. Froggy. Oh, hello Mr. Froggy, my name's Kay. I have a frog in my throat and it won't go. I think I've... It's the time of year. I think I'm, I've shifted it's allergies. it. allergies. I'm like that with the allergies. It it's a me, real pain. Drives me crazy. It's... What is it for us? Oh, uh, loratadine. Loratadine All is the, the way. one that works for us, yeah. It seems to be working for everybody actually as yeah, well. Our right. daughter Bryony too. Yeah, she was having real issues a few weeks ago, causing problems with her ears. Um, so we switched her to loratadine and that seemed to sort it out, didn't it? And a really good eye drop as well. Oh yeah, we've got some eye hay drops. fever eye drops for Bryony because one of her eyes went really red and Saw them sore. in our local supermarket. The eye drops? I you did. went to the pharmacist for them though, didn't you? I know, but I saw those oh, in right, the... Okay. I just thought, oh, you know, while I was in the supermarket, I thought, right. I'd just have a look, see if they're there. And they were, they were oh, there, and they're right. on the shelf. Oh, right. So you can buy them off the shelf. So that's good to know in yeah, future if they, we need They worked we really well. We just put a, a drop in at night time. She hated it, and she was like Rachel from Friends. But what was so interesting was, I think you always get an honest answer from kids. Mm. and. She was absolutely adamant that it was helping loads. Yeah, she's, she see, yeah, yeah, because she gets like itchy eyes. It's funny, it's normally just one eye that she complains about. She'll say, oh, my eye's itchy. <laughs> just one, but I don't know. Well, it's similar, isn't it, to one yeah, nose I, being Yeah, I just up. tend to get one, oh. one side of my sinuses are affected the most. I would say I'm the same. I guess we're not, we're not mirror images, are we, one side to the other? No, but it's funny how, I don't know if we're brought up to think that way, but you're sort of brought up to expect things to be balanced. Yeah, you do. And I um, always think that. I always panic. I'm like, why is this side bad and the other side's all right? Because it's two separate things, really. Yeah, well, and, it's been know, like it for a few years now and I'm still alive, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're here anyway today to talk all about we're approaching a coronation. Can mm. you believe it? Exciting. For the first time in our lifetime, yeah. there's going to be a coronation of a new monarch in England. And it's a very interesting time. Yeah. And so we're going to be talking all about the coronation. We touched a little bit on it on our last show, but also we'll sort of, because there's some really interesting historical tidbits too mm. that have given me a sort of greater appreciation because I've never really spent too much time. Coronations in, in history... I don't know, I've not read a lot of history books, but not a lot of them went on about actual coronations. So that then probably has led to me being not as interested as perhaps you would expect. But after doing a bit of research, it's a very interesting subject. So we'll get out for a lovely yes. walk. Now I'm gonna say something now that, that is a joke. So please don't anyone think that, oh, it's we're, an actual joke. that right. we're sponsored okay. because we're not sponsored by anyone. Nope. In fact, we set up Baker Bear Productions on the back of never being sponsored by anyone. No, we're never happy. <laughs> so that you always can trust everything we say, which is interesting because I'm about to slag off some coffee. But this, <laughs> <laughs> this show is brought to you today by Uishima Fuji Mountain. Wow. Which is a real mouthful. And that's interesting because... A uh, Japanese coffee. It is. I'll take a mouthful. It smells lovely, but it does smell very different to your usual one. I was in our local supermarket recently and I happened to notice on the shelf 
that they had an extremely fast-moving man on a bike. <laughs> he was fast. Was it, an, was it like a motorised I don't bicycle? know if it was. He was one of those delivery Ooh, dudes. Very twer... twer I can't say that word twerpy. recently. Twerpy. I was getting it crossed between twerpy and tweety birds. D did you want to say tweety? I wanted to say tweety. Okay. But from now on, it's twerpy. Okay. <laughs> very... It sort of works. They're, yeah. they're twerpy. <laughs> It sounds like they're doing some sort of dance. It does. That involves them wiggling their bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, so I was in Sainsbury's and I happened to notice that they had this Japanese co coffee called Uishima and I have heard that there's a huge coffee culture in Japan. Oh. And the Japanese tend to be pretty good at most things. I do. So I thought I'd give it a go. And there's nothing wrong with it. But, I sense a but. There's a huge but. <laughs> perfect for twerping. I mean, I'm very fortunate in that Kay found me a really, really great coffee. Because I've got that to compare it to, Yeah. it's like anything. If you find something that you really like, that yeah. really works, yeah. then it's difficult. I mean, I do like to... It is good to have backups, definitely. Yeah. But anyway, so I got this coffee because people are probably thinking, what's it like? Well, uh, it's a bit fruity. I wouldn't say it's Christmas cakey. I don't know, it's more floral fruity. Ah. It definitely has a different flavour to most coffees that I've tried before. Yeah. It's five on the Richter scale. Right, uh, so it should be a strong one then. It should be rich and lovely, and it, it, it sort of isn't. You know, it, it's an espresso blend, yeah. so you would expect it to be, you know, a good, yeah, yeah. good bodied coffee. Well, it just isn't. Right. And I'm not like my dad, Steve. Yeah. He. Gosh, yeah. Likes he, he coffee that you can like stand your spoon fuel. up. In. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's just obscene. I'm not like that. I'm really no. not like that. But you see, the problem is, Kate found me this coffee direct, Italian yeah. espresso roast. Coffee direct online. And it is quite simply... And it's just called Italian coffee. Yeah. It's the best. It's just the best yeah, one ever. Yeah, they, they roast the beans themselves. Mm. And I do wonder if that is, you know, a lot of the difference because yeah. they're very fresh. Yeah. Rather than, you know, on a sat supermarket on a shelf, shelf they yeah. sat on there for who knows how long. Problem, definitely. Yeah. So w what I love about that is it's really difficult to mess up an espresso or you might be doing a latte or a cappuccino it just behaves itself it always behaves itself dan's offended by lattes aren't you yeah. yeah i mean it's fine if you like a latte go for it but that's not really coffee i've never had a latte i mean when i used to drink coffee i would drink a cappuccino but I never feel a like, latte i feel like too much milk for me lattes are what people drink who want to like coffee but actually don't. Don't, yeah. It's a good introduction to coffee, I think, a latte, isn't it? Yeah, or if you actually don't like coffee and you just want something that tastes mildly of coffee but mainly of yeah. milk, milk and sweet and whatever <laughs> else you're going to stick in it. Then... Oh, yeah, I can't be doing those coffees that are like caramel this oh, and... Oh, no. That, uh, it, I, then I'm as insulted by on that. the top and marshmallows really and some syrup and, oh, no, I can't be doing with all that. Go ahead and drink whatever you want to drink, but oh, I just find I'm offended that it's served in a coffee shop and called coffee. Yeah. <laughs> it's more like a... But it's funny because I don't like all these flavoured, in inverted commas, teas as well. You know, I, I like straightforward, good 
plain tea, black tea, you know, English tea as we would call it. The funny thing is, if we could go get a herbal tea that actually tasted of what it was supposed to yeah. taste of, they never do. We probably experience. think it was okay. It, you know, okay, yeah. that's different. That's quite nice. They always smell great, but yeah. they always taste of water. Of nothing, yeah. We're not here to talk about teas and coffees. No. We're here to talk about the coronation. Mm. And it's really funny because it's something that I just recall my grandparents, specifically my mum's mum actually, talking about an awful lot, the, the Queen's coronation. Yeah. And I remember... I think because that was such a sudden thing as well. Yeah, I mean, she just she used to talk about the street parties which were had, yeah. and she also used to talk an awful lot about coronation chicken. <laughs> yeah. Which was the dish that was created specifically yeah. this year. This year? This coronation, it is a quiche, isn't it? Oh, a it? quiche? What yeah. is that all about? No, thanks. A coronation quiche? Quiche is not even a, an English thing, is it? But then I suppose coronation chicken is spicy with Indian spices, so that's not English either. Designed so. to represent the Commonwealth, it was. Right, okay, At I get time. that, but I don't know. Coronation um, chicken, for me, exciting. Yeah. That's fun. Coronation quiche, quiche a bit boring. <laughs> Pick one of those up in M&S. You don't really like quiche anyway, do you? No, I'm not, to be honest, I'm not a great lover of pastry. Um, and I love pastry, but I, I never eat it these days, but I absolutely love it. Yeah, I just, I don't know, whenever I have anything with pastry, I feel like that's all I'm eating, Ooh, it's just pastry. Oh, it's delicious. And, <laughs> you know, let, let's, let's be honest, the, the, the quiche itself, I can't remember exactly what's in it. No, I haven't looked. There's a strange herb. A strange herb? There's no meat. No, that, yeah, that and would... So to be honest, I just, I looked at it and I thought, oh no, that's going to taste a bit weird and probably a bit bland. Right. Whereas I wonder what the herb is, I'm interested now. I'm, I'm worried it might be tarragon. Oh, well tarragon's associated with chicken, isn't it? So maybe I'm getting it mixed up because of the chicken and well, the coronation maybe, chicken. You might be right, you know. Anyway, mm. so yes, coronation is on Saturday. So you may be listening to this before the event. Or you maybe listen to it after the event. It's such a weird one. You're very excited, aren't you? I'm very excited, yeah, because I love anything pomp and ceremony. You know, I will watch anything like that, trooping the colour and royal weddings and, you know, all of it. I just like watching it all. Well, I would say definitely this trumps it all, doesn't it? Well, it should do, you know, in terms of grandness and all of those things. I, I guess it, it should be. I think it but will. they have said, the royal family have said that it's going to be a, a slightly pared down coronation. The thing is though, um, how compared do you... Compared to yeah. previous... Yeah, but how do you... Even a pared down coronation mm. should still be... You see, because if it isn't, then I don't know if that sets you off on a bad foot as a new king or queen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it may be that we don't notice even, because th there's not many of us that will remember the previous coronation. No. And because, yes, it was televised, but not a lot of people had a TV back then. What's so cool And I cool don't is... think they filmed things in as much detail as, as well back then. What I love so much about the coronation in 1953, that's what it was, wasn't it? 53, that sounds right. Yeah. 
Sorry, <laughs> I'm such a fool. So it's exactly 70 years, isn't it? Amazing. What I love about that coronation is, I know a lot of people in this country say that really launched the TV as a thing. Yeah, because people bought TVs just to did. watch it, didn't they? It was a fringe thing. Yeah. And then the coronation came along very expensive at just the right thing. moment. Yeah. And people were buying them and sticking them out in the street and everyone was like crowding Everybody around. Everybody was crowding it. around, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it must have been just the most... I think because there were so many things, end of the war. Not long since the war finished. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So rationing would still have been going on. Yeah, probably. rationing went on for years after the war. Yeah. And then suddenly you had this this huge, great, big event. Yeah. It must have been a a pretty amazing time. Oh, absolutely. You know, and at the following five years of, you know, the the stress and the darkness and the dreariness and the toils of war to then see all of these you know for people actually were in london yeah you know they would have caught a glimpse of the carriage and how she was dressed and it must Amazing. have seemed otherworldly probably also got people feeling positive well no they were probably feeling positive anyway after the end of the war yeah I mean, so it my, was probably like my the cream. dad said that the 50s were a great time because everybody was so happy just to be alive yeah Oh, I hope I'm not disappointed by the music. Oh, yeah, I mean, that is, that is an interesting point. I'll be honest, I'm, I'm concerned about that. I am a that. bit concerned about the music because... There's only one way you all, can go. It's all new music, as I understand. Yeah. And I think Andrew Lloyd Webber... I don't know. ...has composed... Oh, already I'm like... ...one of them, I know, and, yeah, Dan's a bit worried about that. Because if you get that wrong, you've sort of blown it. Yeah, well, you have. And I, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm disappointed that they're not using the same piece of music, Zadok the Priest, that the Queen walked down yeah, yeah. to, because oh, that's such a powerful piece, oh, and it would be, I don't know, it would, it would hark back, wouldn't it? It would hark back, um, and do you know I what? I understand they want to do everything new and keep it, you know, in the moment, in the, in the, times we're living now yeah but you also but, have to pay homage to yes what's gone before and I'm, what better I'm way to do that of, than I with guess, a piece of music i guess my biggest concern is that we're losing all of the you know the traditions of things because they don't i think the royal family in today's world don't want to be seen too much as being ostentatious and over the top there and is all a balance of these though, things. There is a balance. But at um, the end of the day, they're the royal family, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> they there, can't help being born royal. There's totally a balance that you can get. And here's hoping, you know, two days before the big event, that they get the balance right. Yeah. Because if they get the balance I right... I really hope so. ...then winner. And they've absolutely nailed it. Yeah. Because you, you, you can't... I just can't believe... I can't believe... I totally get that it doesn't want to feel ostentatious, and it shouldn't, to an extent. To an extent. Equal, equally, it though... It can't help but feel over the top, though. Yeah, the thing is, though, it's your king. Exactly. So it should be like, oh, my goodness, I'm so proud of, of, of this. Yeah, and a lot, it shouldn't of people, be like, a lot of people these days don't feel like that. And Yeah, th there's two different types of people, and that's absolutely fine. There's always been 
royalist and, yeah. and, and anti-royalist. Yeah. And you can't have a coronation where you're catering to the anti-royalists. No, I because don't think so either. the only way that you could do it is by not having a coronation. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you looking forward to the most then? What am I looking forward to the most? Yeah. Um, oh, is it just the whole thing? Kay's going to be up at half past seven. No, well, I <laughs> looked it up. Again? Well, I looked up what time it's going to sort of like all of the preamble will start on the TV. The coronation itself, I think, is at 11. So the service starts at 11 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Because I think he leaves Buckingham Palace at 10.20 yeah. in the carriage. Um, but there's, there's obviously they talk about it, don't they, before the event. And it's on the BBC from, I think, half past seven in the morning. Right. All of the sort of preamble and they have guests on, don't they? And, yeah. oh, tell us your recollection of so-and-so and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. They always have Giles Brandreth for some reason. I know. At any of these things. He must be cheap. Well, I don't know. He must have some huge association with the royals that I'm not really aware of. But I'm hoping that I really like the music. Because like you said, if I don't like music, that will just kind of blow it for me, I think. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing all of the It's the soundtrack to the event. And just seeing people kind of happy, and you've seen lots of people really happy to be there. And it, I, I just think it, these things, you know, who knows if we'll see another one. You oh, know, we will. You never know. Well, we you would hope we will live long enough to see another one. Oh, we definitely will. And that will be fabulous, won't it? Because William will still be young at that point. Yeah. Certainly. I mean, the other thing, like my mum said to me this morning, she was talking about it. My mum's 85. Yeah. And she's not really a royalist, in all honesty. Um, and she said that she thinks the Queen should have stepped down years ago so that Charles could have had more of a go at it. <laughs> is what she said. But I suppose, you know, it's an opinion of an older person, and maybe other people think that. But that's not how that's not the how, monarchy works. No, I know, and I tried to explain it to her. But If you believe in the monarchy, then the monarch is chosen by God. And you'd stay, it's like the Pope, isn't it, you traditionally? Can't, you can't opt, I've had enough now. Well, traditionally, the Pope would stay in his role until he passed away. Yeah. I know that recently, Popes have stepped down due to ill health and obviously you know a, a monarch could do the same thing but it's not one one, one did it for for an entirely different, entirely reason. different reason yeah but it's not you know the Queen was so dedicated to service yes. there was no way she was gonna do that no she was working two days before she died and she probably lived as long as she did because yeah, of the job absolutely. she was doing Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, I, I disagree with my mum on that, but that's not unusual. <laughs> Do you know how many monarchs there's been? No. There's been 62. Right, that doesn't seem very many, does it? I know. 62 monarchs right. over 1,200 years. That isn't very many at all. I know. I mean, it's amazing, really, to think. Now, how can that be right? Well. Over 1,200 years. They couldn't have lived long enough. Well, all I know is what it says on the website that right. is all about the all right. the actual okay. coronation that's taking place on Saturday. Right. So, uh, the first one, do you know who the first king of England was? Mm, no. Athelbold 
was the first That's monarch. That's a great name, isn't it? But Athelbold wasn't actually king of England as we know it. No. Because at the time there were still issues with Vikings and that was at the time when the Dane law was in place and the Dane law is when this part of the world that we're in now yeah. was Viking, was controlled by the Vikings. Yes. But um, Athelstan was the king who created the England that we know. So the very first, if you're sort of asking who was the first proper king of England, like what, that's great English, like what Charles <laughs> is going to be on Saturday. Yeah. Well, he was Edgar. Edgar. And he was crowned at Bath Abbey wow. in 973. Gosh. And amazingly, Edgar, the first proper king of England, that is the only ever... That, that's the only time ever that the coronation, until Saturday, has taken place in May. Ah! So Edgar, the very first proper king of England, yeah. his coronation was at Bath Abbey in May in 973. Right. And the next May coronation is will be one? King Charles wow. III. Which is amazing, amazing, isn't it? I know. That is amazing. Now, of course, the coronation is going to take place at Westminster Abbey. Yeah. And, I mean, just amazingly, I've been, no, I haven't been inside Westminster Abbey. I haven't either. And I said to you recently, I, I don't know why we've never been. We've been to London several times, but for whatever reason. I know. I mean, what, what's crazy is I've been inside Westminster Hall. Right, you have, yes. Which was just... That's where the Queen laid in state. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's where the Queen laid in state. It's where Winston Churchill made yeah. all his cool speeches. It's where Barack Obama made that really cool he speech. Did, yeah. It's where Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn played tennis. Yeah. Uh, it's just the coolest place. And that's literally just over the way it is, from Westminster Abbey. It is, just around the corner, Abbey. yeah. But Westminster Abbey itself, that was built by Edward the Confessor right. in the 1060s Gosh. and funnily enough pretty much as soon as it was built he died ah. <laughs> and he was the first Poor fella. yeah I know I know it's as if they were rushing because they knew <laughs> he was on his way out now it, 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 all this means that Westminster Abbey where Prince Charles is going to be crowned yeah. the, the very first person to actually be crowned in Westminster Abbey was William the Conqueror. Oh gosh. So that was and do That's you know, so weird thinking of him. I know. In the space that still exists. I know. Because he's such a famous person. Well, it's gonna get even cooler. Okay. But uh, yeah, so William the Conqueror is the very first king crowned, and do you know when he was crowned? Of course I don't know. Christmas Day. Christmas Day? I know. That's a bit much. Tr traditionally, in medieval times, that was often the date chosen for, for course, coronations. I mean, Christmas wouldn't have been Christmas as we know it now back no. then, would it? No, so. it, it was still a very important religious festival. Yes. And I think that's why people chose it. So, the very first coronation in Westminster Abbey was William the Conqueror on Christmas Day in 1066. But, that's another huge but, that Westminster Abbey is not the Westminster Abbey, which Charles will be in. Oh. Because that was rebuilt. Oh, right. So the original Westminster Abbey, the original Westminster Abbey, actually, it's St. Peter's Abbey. Oh. And it's a Benedictine monastery. Gosh, right. Or it was, was, until it was all got rid oh, of by Henry dissolution. VIII. dissolution, yes. Yes. So what happened was, it was rebuilt. Westminster Abbey was rebuilt. So the building that Charles is going to get 
So it's on the site of... On the site. There's still the remains of an underneath, awful lot underneath. Yeah. Uh, there's dormitories and all right. sorts and the, in the undercroft yeah. at Westminster Abbey. But it was 12... Thanks, Henry VIII. Yeah. So what happened was when Henry VIII did the Reformation, he actually kept... He, he turned Westminster Abbey into the local parish church. Right. So he didn't rip the roof off and, and rob all the things out of Westminster Abbey because it was too an important a building. Oh, right, okay. But the building that Charles will be crowned in was built in 1245. Gosh. And it was built by Henry III. Henry III. Now, Henry III, he, he's not a particularly famous king, but his dad was famous. His dad was King John. King John. And King John was the, the, the guy who led to the, the signing of the Magna Carta. Right, yes, yes. And King John, of course, he's famous because, and now this is a really funny point. King John, when I was growing up, if you read stories about Robin Hood, yeah. King John was in it. That's right. And the Sheriff of Nottingham was like yeah, his henchman. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It's funny, isn't it, how they wrote him out of the film with Kevin Costner? Yeah. Interesting one, really, because I think it's such a cool character. Where it gets really interesting now is one of the most famous things in the coronation is the, 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 the Stone of Scone. Yes. Now, the Stone of Scone... It sits underneath the seat where they're crowned. It does, yeah. it does. And it's seriously cool. Basically, how did a stone from Scone Abbey in Scotland end up yeah. in the, 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 the coronation... Uh -huh throne well that's because in edward the first that, that's because edward the first in 1296 invaded scotland and stole it yeah now some people again might be thinking who's edward the first well edward the first was king of england and you will know him if you've seen the film braveheart right because he's like the bad guy in braveheart yeah now the, the stone of schooner i think you told me didn't you that was it yeah, you to, to, I, I watched a program on this and i can't remember who visited it, but someone visited Schoon Palace and they were talking to the most recent, what will he be, a laird or a lord? I'm not even sure. And it was returned, wasn't it? The stone was returned well, fairly recently. I find this just classic. So Edward I nicks it in 1296 yeah. and then, you know, all the kings and queens after yeah, that were crowned, yeah. sat on top of it. Yeah. And we only deemed it right to give it back to them in 1996. Yeah, I knew it was relatively recently. 700 years later. Later, they get it back. That's good of us, isn't it? So we now, can have it back now. We've yeah. had it long enough. <laughs> now what happens, though, is, you know, very graciously... They lend it back. It gets yeah. lent for the, for the service. Yes, so when he sits down on the coronation throne underneath it the stone will be there can i tell you something like totally mind-blowing yeah two things first thing is the chair which he will sit on to yeah, be crowned yeah. is the same chair it's the same chair. that edward the first sat on to wow. be crowned amazing amazing i mean that is same completely chair. insane so 700 years well, more than that more than that now isn't it 800 850 years ago they've looked after it well i know they? i know and did you know, I didn't know this, but the stone's actually, it's in two parts. Right, I didn't think, oh no, I don't think I knew that. It was broken that. in two. Oh. It was broken in two because in 1914 a suffragette got in there and blew it up. You're kidding. And that split it in two. Gosh. I mean, that's just amazing, isn't it? You'll see the stone 
when you watch the coronation, if you watch the coronation, because it's literally right underneath. Right underneath, yeah. You can see it right there. The order of service, I mean, I think it's fascinating how the whole order of service is developed. That was set in the 14th century, yeah. and it's followed exactly the same order of service since that date. Wow. And supposedly, they're going to be sticking pretty much to it on Saturday. Oh, well, that's good. The only difference is, over the course of the, the, the generations, Latin has basically been gotten yeah. rid of. Yeah, which that's is what, fair enough, yeah. isn't it? And yeah. now the majority of the service is in English. Yeah. And th this, I think, is super cool. The same guy has organised... Well, not exactly the same guy. It can't be the same guy. <laughs> the man holding an alien. the same title has organised the coronation since 1386. And what's his title? He is the Duke of Norfolk. The Duke of Norfolk? Yeah, and the current Duke is Edward Fitzalan Howard. Wow. Now, the, the Duke of Norfolk's home is Arundel Castle. Ah. But the Duke of Norfolk actually has a shooting lodge in Ark and Garthdale. Oh, he does, we've seen that it. That I walked past yes. in a series of film called Walking That's the right. Moors. Yeah. I mean, just amazing his sort of role he's the earl marshal earl marshal so the earl marshal is the person who organizes the whole event and makes it all go right, off i'm gonna listen out for him now yes and see if i can spy him <laughs> we actually watched the other day oh it was just amazing it was a making of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, it is. It's fabulous. It was presented by Pierce Brosnan. Oh, gosh. And it was like Pierce Brosnan was doing Hamlet. Yeah, it really was. When, of course, he wasn't. He was presenting it behind the scenes. Because it was made at the time yes. the film was made, so, you know, a good while ago, and he wasn't really that well known at the time. Well, we looked it up, didn't we? Because yeah. we're like, hold on a minute, what's Pierce Brosnan doing presenting yeah. this? Well, it was, it was before he was cast as Be James Bond. Before Bond, yeah. So it's sort of before he really hit the big time. Yeah. In that making of, he's presenting it from the most stunning castle ever yeah i mean and the the sort of external footage that they showed i'm like this place is amazing yeah and i think it might have been arundel right i'm not completely convinced though but at the time i'm looking at it, i'm thinking i just don't recognize this place we watched it till the end and it said special thanks to the duke of norfolk yes so that would make you think it could be yes but the thing is though the duke of norfolk probably has got four or five cars yeah probably <laughs> now this whole sort of time period for the coronation is going to sort of give fuel to the fire of anti-royalists isn't it oh absolutely but you watched the program recently and i was fascinated to hear how much the royal family actually costs each of us every year i did i can't remember what the name of the program was um but yeah, it, it broke it down. And it wasn't a panorama or something, was it? it oh, it was a panorama. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it, I would have been watching it then on iPlayer, wouldn't I? Yeah. I think it might have been called something like The Cost of the Monarchy or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And it works out. You made me guess and I was completely off. Yeah. <laughs> Dan guessed, you know, as a taxpayer, how much do we pay to have a royal family? And, and I guessed I in the 50s, I think. You said about £50 a year. Right. It's actually, I can't remember the exact amount, but it was something like... It was £1 like something. £1.60 or something. Yes. It, it was £1 something. Per year, it costs us to have a royal family. And I was like, 
are you kidding me with that? Because the other thing they explain, and I mean that in terms of, you know, how can we possibly complain? Yeah. Um, when you consider the amount of people who come into the country yeah, to go look because at... Because we've got a Roth yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the amount of income Money, that the... Money, tourism. Yes. But the other thing they said was And this that was the more interesting thing for this me. This was really interesting. You know, people are like, yes, but, you know, they've got all of these palaces and all of this land, and why should they have all that and we've got nothing? It's that, that kind of um, thought process. And what they explained was, back in... When did I say? I it, was it was a long uh, time ago. 300 years ago. Yeah, something yeah. like 300 years ago. The monarch at the time, I can't remember who that was, actually gave could all... Have, could be Charles I. Right. He actually gave all of the income from all of his land to the government to boost the economy at that time. And what then happened was the government then gave back a portion of that income back to the royals, you know, as like a... Yeah, you know, a payment in kind. payment in kind. Yeah. And that still is the case. And the crown income for whatever year it was, I can't remember, a recent year, was something like 300 and something million. Yeah. And the government gave back 80 something million. Amazing. To the, the royals. Amazing. So I think, again, yes, these are huge sums of money. Yeah, but they've got to run the properties. But, yeah. But when you think of that proportionally, I, I, again, you know, we as the government is earning a huge amount of money yeah. from the land. And the other thing they said is that royals don't have to pay income tax. Yeah. But Prince Charles, Prince Charles, the king, has actually paid voluntary income tax for the yeah. past thirty years. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have to, but he does. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know it's very easy to form an opinion. Yeah just from what we see on the TV. Oh, you know, palaces and land and all of these things. Yeah. And yes, they're very privileged. They get to live in these places and, you know, be part of that world. But they aren't theirs. No. Like, you know, the, the Queen, she did have personal properties that she did own. Yeah. But for example, Buckingham Palace, it's not hers. Well, no, because she gave it back. Yeah. But, you but know, as I said to you, surely... It's not like she could sell it and get the all the money. Though, surely they would, they would legally have a leg to stand on. If, they, if everyone said, right, OK, we're abolishing the monarchy, they'd go, OK, fine, we'll have all our property Absolutely. back, <laughs> What situation would we be in if that happened? That's what I would do if you I know, was they, they just said, right, fine, you're abolishing us, no but problem. we want all of that we'll go. income back. We'll just have all and those properties back and we'll call You know, it the country would be what? I don't know. Millions of pounds. 250 worse. million pounds a year worse off. It's. Oh, it, it's what, what it is, and it's always been a part of human nature, but you know, we might be driving down the street, we might see someone in a nice car, think, oh, why have they got that and why haven't I? Yeah. Or, oh, why have they got that nice house and why haven't I? It's the ultimate of that, because a monarch at the end of the day should have. So, I mean, I would just ask the question to the, you know, to people who are very anti-royal. You know, how do you want them to live? How do you, you know, say, say the monarchy was abolished tomorrow. So then, how we would you then want those people 
to live. Do you, do you want them to move out of the palaces? And yeah, that's exactly right. It doesn't make sense to me. Anti-royalists want the monarchy gone, and they want a voted for head of state. So, like in America, like yeah. a president. Yeah. And we did a whole show on this yeah. after the Queen sadly died, and we were talking about how valuable it is, we think, having, sorry, having a non-elected head of state yeah. because it's not politicised. No. And the Queen never, ever expressed any opinions, really, about anything. I've got to say, one of the things that I love the most about about this country, and, you know, probably about any country that has a monarchy, is the fact so long as it is a, a non-politicised monarchy, it puts you in such a stronger position. Yeah. Someone always ends up, whether you have a voted for head of state or a hereditary head of state, someone always ends up living in the big house, don't they? Of course they do, of course they do. So whether they're voted for... But it's for been like that since, since ever. There's always been people who live in huge houses and have loads of money, and there's always been people that don't. And... Yeah, and it, to imagine that that could all be evened out, I think whilst it's a nice thought, it's, it's unrealistic, isn't it? I've always found that, I mean, it's funny, not many young people tend to be like this, but as people get older, they tend to fall into two camps. And one is, it's so wrong that everyone out there is successful and I'm a failure. Yeah. And the other is, I'm going to work as hard as I can so yeah, that I'm not a failure. absolutely, yeah. And yeah. You know, there really is only one way to live. Because I mean, you're in charge of your own destiny, yes. aren't you? And I absolutely understand that people grow up in really difficult situations. They do. I completely get that. But we live in a world unlike any other. That is true. You go back through all of time and there's never been the opportunities like there are yeah. now. There's yeah. always going to be challenges. And it's always going to be difficult, but life's not easy. No, of course it's not. And actually, it would probably be bad if it was. Because if it was, you wouldn't try. And, you know, it's when you try that, in anything I've ever done, the more I put into it, the more I get out of it. Yeah. And it's such a... It's one of the hardest lessons, I think, to learn as a, as a kid. But you do learn it. Eventually. Yeah. And, you know, it's such, an, it's such an important thing. I remember someone years ago said to me, and I'd never thought of it like this, you can't keep a good man down. No. And you're the best man I've ever known. That's what this person said to <laughs> me. I mean, how nice is that? Yeah. And, you know, that was at a time when I was feeling really sort of low and thinking, oh, you know, not getting on as I want to get on. And it's completely true. And it's not just man. I actually said this to Brian the other day. It's either man or woman. Of course it is. You can't yeah. keep a good woman down. No. <laughs> the intonation's just off though. <laughs> so we seem to be inundated with dandelions. Gosh, dandelions everywhere this year. It must just be weather for them, I don't know. I mean, literally, I mean... It's just like a field of dandelions over there. It's kind of like the field of poppies in The Wizard of Oz, except yeah, dandelions. Yeah. How do you even get rid of them? Because they're real thick-rooted oh, things, they're, aren't they? They're difficult. You can weed and feed. Right. You'd, if it's in your lawn, you really have to weed and feed and keep at it. No one's going to weed and feed that, though, are they? No, that's just a So is that just going to get worse every year? 
probably, I think it, and it's here again. You see, they're not cutting the grass. The so problem the is, it's when you let them go to seed. Yeah. When you see dandelion clocks, you've lost the battle. Yeah, and there was some. You, yeah, it, I mean, I think the more regular you can cut your grass, right. the more chance you have of controlling them because you're stopping them from setting seed. I mean, they're sort of pretty in one sense, but... Yeah, but they just take over your grass, don't they? And they're not very elegant flowers, are they? No, I mean, they are pretty from a distance. There's loads of daisies in there as well. But the council, this is like a piece of council land. They've just not cut it for very long. Oh, <laughs> nearly walked into a tree. tree. So we've made it. Oh my goodness, what a walk. I've learned so much yeah. about the coronation. I was actually really thrilled to do that research. It made me a lot more yeah. into it. You know, thinking that King Charles is going to be sitting on the same throne. That is amazing, isn't it? That Edward I sat on in 1296. Yeah. I mean, that's like, oh my goodness. On okay. the same stone as well, exactly the same stone. Yeah, that's crazy. Except it wasn't cracked in two then. It wasn't cracked in two. It's funny actually, because when I, when I visited Westminster Hall, I got shown where Emily Pankhurst had hidden. Oh, right, Because yeah, she hid in a broom cupboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got shown it. You and told me that at yeah. the time. Uh, it, it, I mean, it was, it was really amazing, really amazing. And yeah. got taken in into the House of Lords and into the, the, the actual Parliament chamber, yeah. which was unbelievably small. Yeah. It's like, oh it's my goodness. It's funny how things on TV can yeah. make it look bigger. The Lords felt a lot more is that the red one, the one with the red yeah. seats? Yeah, that yeah. felt sort of grander and, and a bit more. You don't, don't see know. that one often on TV, do you? No. It's the commons that yeah. you see with the green seats. Yeah. yeah. So, folks, that's it. My goodness, if you're watching the coronation, yes. I hope you enjoy it. Enjoy yourself. It's going to be interesting. You know, as you're watching it, see if you can form an opinion as to what my opinion of the music might be. <laughs> yeah. And if it sounds like the overture to a musical, you can rest assured I won't think very no, highly of it. Me neither. I mean, that does bother me. It bothers me oh, greatly no, that they've got no. Andrew Webber involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really understand what their thinking is there. No. Anyway, folks, thank you so much for listening, and we'll Thanks, see everybody. you in two weeks for more. See you soon. Bye. Bye. The Bakery Bears Radio Show is brought to you by Bakery Bear Productions and is made possible by our Bakery Bear patrons. Find out how you can join our Bakery Bear community, access more of what we do, and keep the show on air by visiting www.bakerybears.com forward slash listen forward slash.